0: Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series. Interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, this is Pat Sherlock. Welcome to our podcast. Today's topic is moving originators from refinance lending to purchase money. I am thrilled to have Scott Bristol. Scott is EVP, of Retail for Roundpoint, a Freedom Mortgage Company subsidiary. Prior to that, Scott was with Flagstar and with Prime Lending. Hi, Scott.
1: Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, this is such an important topic, but before we really jump into it, let's talk about how you got into the mortgage banking world and how, how you got into the managing side of it.
1: Yeah. You know, I think different than many people, I actually got into it on purpose. Uh, so out of college, <laughs> yeah, right. Out of college, I was selling financial services for Northwestern Mutual Baird for three years, and my wife got into the mortgage business before I did, and so I listened to her stories at home at night at the dinner table, and after six months of seeing what she did and learning what she did, I decided to get into this crazy business.
0: Wow. It is unique. I have not heard anyone say it on purpose. They all say they fell into it. So how did you get into managing? Did you start out as a loan officer?
1: I did. I started in sales and you know, I got really fortunate that when I walked in the door I, I knew I wanted to get into a leadership role and I asked the company that I was going to work for, which was Green Tree and now later became Conseco. I asked the manager if I was his top salesperson in the first year, if he would let me open another branch in town and he he promised he would. And so I delivered on that and, and got the joy of opening a de novo branch for that company.
0: Okay. So just fast forward to today. So what is the biggest challenge that you have? Obviously, you're running national sales. What is it? I know 2020 has been unique and certainly 2021 has been too. What would you identify as some of the the biggest challenges for you?
1: Uh, Yeah, I would say by far the biggest challenge for us has been just trying to keep production right sized with our operational capacity. Uh, I think like most lenders uh, in America over the course of the last 12 months, it was just trying to get those two matched up and and not let your turn times get so far out that uh, you couldn't keep your customers delighted. So I think that by far has been our biggest challenge over the last 12 months or so.
0: Well, that's been true for everybody, for sure. So uh, it's it's really not an unusual comment, to say the least. So with everything changing, and certainly when you look back, these last 18 months have been unique, but what has been maybe your biggest surprise that you would identify?
1: Boy, there's been so many. I would say probably the two biggest ones was about a year ago this time when you know, my, my wife had started alerting me to the virus that was spreading around the world in, in about December of uh, 19 and then you know by the time we got to the end of February beginning of March the country was beginning to shut down and we quickly had to pivot into a work from home model Uh, and then of course the the rates went to historic lows and and the refinance boom of a generation began. That was definitely a surprise we hadn't planned for that going into 20. It wasn't uh, in our budget nor was it probably in in most lenders budgets uh, across the country but that was definitely a surprise. And then, you know, coming into this year, we had planned on uh, rates going up a fair amount, but much later in the year than we're currently seeing. So, you know, as usually happens in these cycles, they go up higher and faster than you ever sort of dreamed possible. So the rate movement we've seen in in the market the last uh, really well, really since the first of the year uh, has been, you know, remarkable how quickly it's gone up. So uh, we we hadn't planned for that. We thought it would be more of a slow, steady climb uh, that would happen more towards third quarter. So you know, I would say those are the two biggest over the course of the last 12 months or so.
0: Yeah, th- that's for sure. And it's going to be an interesting year, to say the least. But with all uh, you're, you're, ma- you're managing nationally, with all that's on, that's on your plate, how do you stay on top of all these issues? Like what is your kind of personal learning plan that you do for yourself?
1: So, you know, probably like most leaders in my role, I'm reading a lot of the industry about publications daily and weekly, as long as, as well as just trying to stay sharp on other skills. I'll tell you the one, the one thing I've really been focusing on the last 12 months or so, just because I, I see it is just the, the avoidance of conflict and, and just uh, leadership. A lot of times sales leadership, you know, they don't love conflict, right? But, but many times you need to step into that conflict and, and try and bring it to resolution. You know, as I say, problems don't age well. So as you identify those problems, just stepping into it uh, and getting it addressed. So you know, I think that's one of the things that I've just been taking some time to read and study up on is just you know how, how do you teach sales leaders how to walk you know, step into conflict resolution before it just keeps getting worse.
0: Well, that's a great comment. And actually, that segues into our topic about moving originators from refinance lending to purchase money, because that is going to be obviously a gigantic problem this year. And it seems like it's happening obviously faster. So why don't you share some of your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's not easy for, for any sales leader to do that. You know, it's, it's certainly the rate right environment over the last 60 days has certainly made it easier because the the loan officers that weren't paying attention to purchase are certainly now doing that. As the refinance opportunity uh, becomes smaller and smaller, seemingly with each day that goes by. But last year, yeah, you know, as you know, Pat, in, in this industry, it's very difficult at times to get full commission salespeople to do anything they don't want to do. Um, so, you know, we did have a, a number of loan officers last year that were, you know, arguably too heavily weighted in purchase, and we're missing some refinance opportunity. And, and we definitely had the inverse of that where we had loan officers that you know, had a very healthy purchase refinance book of business in 2019. And then you, you look up one day and, and they're at 100% or nearly 100% refinance. And have gotten themselves in in sort of a scary position when the refinance boom ends. So, you know, we really just try and remind those loan officers that it won't last forever. Uh, You know, most of them will listen and continue the purchase prospecting activities. But the reality of it is, you know, a lot of times in these cycles, it just is easier to do refinance, and so it's not always easy to get their attention. But I think it's really incumbent upon us as sales leaders to just constantly remind them of how important and how stable that business is. Because as we all know, when once that refinance spigot turns off, you know, if you haven't talked to your purchase partners in, in the last 12 months or so, and then you show back up after the refinance boom ends, you know, most of those partners don't love that. Uh, and it's not easy to get back in with them. So we've really just tried to stay in front of that with our sales force and encourage them to keep those purchase relationships really at the front of their business plan.
0: So when you're looking at the originators that are the hundred percent refinance, are they new to the business or are these people are veterans and they know the cycle? What's been your experience?
1: It's been surprising. It's been a little bit of both. Um, oh, okay. Certainly. Yeah, certainly the, the new folks are more apt to do that. Uh, But I've even been surprised by, you know, some of our 10 plus year vets that, you know, didn't really have a problem with the risk of shifting primarily to refinance uh, with the thought of rebuilding their purchase again later. I think that's incredibly risky. And if I was in that situation uh, as a loan officer, it's not a risk I would be willing to take, uh, but certainly some did. And so, um, you know, again, I think it's just staying in front of them and reminding them how stable and steady that purchase business can be and how it kind of survives any rate cycle.
0: So Scott, in your experience, because you've been through these cycles before, when you look at the realtors and our typical referral sources, and when you have, in essence, not done business with them for a while, what's the chances of actually being able to rekindle? And how long does it take to rekindle? That's the issue.
1: Uh, Yeah, I agree. I think that's the million dollar question. Uh, you know, I, I believe it's very difficult. Um, right. you know, so I, that's why I think it's just so important that you keep those purchase relationships because I would argue that if if you don't, you're starting somewhat from scratch and now you're gonna need to go out and build new relationships because those you know, purchase business partners, whether they be realtors or otherwise, you know, I just don't know that they love their partners taking a year break from from servicing their business.
0: So when you look at, on the purchase money side, uh, this issue, and and, and let's talk about referral sources, and in that year, what is the impact from the adopting uh video presentations and in other words it's it, what i see is that the realtors have made those transitions faster than actually loan officers and so and now this whole presentation component will be different how do you see that kind of playing out
1: yeah i think that'll continue and so you know i don't know that i have a whole lot of color on whether the realtors made the transition uh, better or faster than the loan officers but i would tell you that that many of our loan officers, I think, did a very good job of pivoting to video uh, quickly. Some were already there using tools like Mortgage Coach and other things, but some were already there pre-pandemic, but we definitely saw a, a, a lot of our loan officers pivoting to video very quickly. Uh, and, you know, Flagstar was great about providing them with the technology uh, to let them do that. But, you know, I, I think, you know, from what I've seen, most of uh, America has done a good job of, of pivoting to video out of necessity, um, both, both professionally and personally, judging by all the Zoom calls I'm on with family <laughs> the last uh, few months.
0: So when you look at the purchase money side of it and the role of the realtor and when you see what's going on in the real estate industry where there has been certainly consolidation, the way Zillow has entered it, how how do you see all of that playing out and what impact is that going to have on on the loan officer?
1: you know we we've, we've really been looking at that haven't we as an industry for the last 20 years if you remember back to sure. 2000 the internet the internet was going to be the death of the retail <laughs> loan officer right right <laughs> it just it, it it hasn't played out and so you know I, I think that the one constant is that for most americans buying a home is going to be the single biggest financial Uh, decision that they make. And, you know, while there is a certain segment uh, of the American population that's willing to do that online, um, especially probably if they're not first-time homebuyers, there there is a large percentage, myself included, uh, that would want a a human being expert uh, to be able to rely on uh, for that advice. So, you know, I think, you know, some of these tools, you know, I think enable the loan officer to do more business. Sure. Um, sure. You know, the ones that embrace it are growing their business and the ones that fight it don't. You know, I, I don't worry about that. Uh, you know, I I think back a few years ago, I had a couple of loan officers at a former company that would call me like clockwork every year and ask me how much longer they had left. and <laughs> I would always laugh because they wanted to know, right? How much longer does sure. this does this, uh, does this run last? And I I really believe it lasts a long time. I think if you look at other industries, you know, travel industry is a good example. You know, the 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 advent of Booking dot com and Hotels dot com and things like that have not completely killed the the travel agent. They still exist, and and many people still use them
0: yeah that's a great point yeah um what is 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 interesting, and I'm curious on what type of besides suggesting to originators that they need to move into purchase money, and of course, reality is you know are those originators people that Uh, from your viewpoint, are hired skilled in the fact that they are using video and they are doing things like webinars, in other words, more of the robust type of presentations. Are you seeing the originators that are are still focusing on refinancing, hoping that continues? Are are they less skilled in a lot of these types of presentation tools?
1: Not necessarily. I think they're just making a conscious choice of um, sort of, you know, striking while the iron's hot, so to speak. Well, I'll tell you that I I think you know when I think about our loan officers who are the best purchased loan officers, they really did do a good job in 2020 uh, of adapting to Zoom happy hours and you know just figuring out very creative ways to stay top of mind. Uh, with their business partners and I, I use the term business partners just because I you know We we get business from so many people other than just realtors. Sure right? I mean, We partner with with builders financial planners divert divorce attorneys, right? Uh, Etc. So, you know, I, I think our, our good purchase loan officers have done a great job staying uh, front and center and you know I think the good savvy loan officer today has really embraced technology and they're they're using it to their advantage
0: so, Scott, have you, have you, in other words, had sales benchmarks that they have to do a certain percentage of purchase money or, or have you tried that in the past and that didn't work? I'm just curious on how you measure the performance level at, you know, of the loan officer.
1: Yeah, we really do it by just purely units, you know, volume, revenue. Sure. And so, you know, I, ha- I have worked places uh, in the past that paid more for purchase and less than refinance. Right. I personally just don't believe I personally don't believe in that philosophy. Um, you know, I, I believe the revenue spends the same on a purchase or refi. It's the loan officer's decision. Yeah, I know many companies that that pay differently to try and drive different behavior. I've just never been a believer of that.
0: Right. And so when you look at on the purchase money side, besides encouraging them, is there any particular tools that you see? It sounds like they use Zoom a lot. Is there anything else that you see that keeps them engaged with the realtor that the top originators are doing?
1: Yeah, there is. There's a service that, you know, not many people know about because it's a a small company, but we signed up with them this year called Top Five. And uh, what Top Five, Top Five is a very inexpensive marketing tool that helps loan officers stay top of mind with their realtors. It's really a system where it, it encourages them to keep in touch with their top realtors and build personal websites. So for those that are looking for sort of a unique uh, marketing strategy, I would really encourage you checking out top5.com. We've, we've a number of our loan officers have used it this year very successfully, and I think now that we're heading back into what seems to be a primarily uh, purchase predominantly purchased market, I think tools like that will get more and more attention.
0: Yeah, that's a really great point. And from usually what I see on the originator side, it's always the content component that's always the big problem. And so is top five giving you the content or are they customizing the content? Or how how does that work? It
1: does. Yeah. So they have a website. So if you, you know, picture your hometown. Mm-hmm. I'm in Dallas, so I'll use I'll use Dallas as an example. Uh, the loan officer will search MLS and, and look for what he thinks are the top five outdoor living spaces in Dallas, Texas, for instance, of houses on the market right now. Uh, he'll call the, the realtor and ask permission to nominate them for inclusion in the next week's uh, top five on the website. And 99% of the time, the realtor sure. will want that sort of free publicity for their listing. And, you know, sort of the way to follow up on that afterwards is with trying to grab a cup of coffee or a virtual right. meeting to talk about, talk about how they can grow their business together. So it's a, it's a very easy approach to a new business partner.
0: That's a great strategy. In fact that's one of the ideas that I'm thinking about on the podcasting side because I really do think every originator should have their own podcast. So look for training coming out on that because I just think <laughs> that's a perfect way to get an entry into everyone wants to be interviewed. <laughs> and so uh, it, it's similar to what that strategy is which I think is really a good idea for sure in today world.
1: Mm -hmm. You're the perfect person to to do that training for the industry, Pat.
0: Well, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I've done these, not just the current uh, manager ones, but previous ones before. And uh, it's it's a, a, a fabulous way to differentiate yourself between other folks, and I think it's perfect for originators. Again, like anything else, it's hard work, and there's timing involved with it, but it's an important way to get into the top realtors or the top referral sources. Scott, you shared so many great ideas. We only have a few minutes left. Um, do you want to give us some takeaways for our people listening today?
1: I, you know, I, I think my biggest piece of advice would be, you know, stay patient and stay confident. Don't apologize for the rates that you're quoting the customers. Uh, they may not know what the rates were just two or three short months ago, and so by historical standards, these are still uh, incredible interest rates. And so I would just stay confident and know that the markets always find a way uh, to find some balance. And you know. A, Stay confident. You're still offering great interest rates and great service to your borrowers.
0: Scott, I want to thank you. You were terrific.
1: Thanks, Pat. Appreciate you having me.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock@qfsconsulting.com. at qfsconsulting.com.